praise God. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to make you guys get up again. I want to just pray really shortly, but I want to just pray again, just invite God. So if we can get up and just um, just ask God again to just, just speak to us. God, we, we submit, God. We surrender unto your word. God, we surrender unto your spirit. Father, we invite you through your Holy Spirit to speak your word, to speak your heart, God. We open our hearts, God, that you would speak, God, and that you would transform us, God. That when we, we enter into your presence, God, that we would be pleasing to you, God. We thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit, for your presence, God, and we give you all the glory, God. Be glorified and honored in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, <laughs> as this word came to, to, I don't know how to call it, but came to me, it was sort of a a process, but uh, many times I, God kept on showing me different things inside of us, inside of me personally, and I think that uh, we all have, all who's born again has spirit and we have our flesh, and there's two things that are always fighting in our battle, and we who were born again were called to glorify God. We were called, God saved us so that He can be revealed. His glory can be revealed. His love can be revealed. Who He is can be revealed through us in this dark world. He saved us and gave us His light that, that we can shine His light in this world. And I had a pretty hard time trying to summarize what I wanted to talk about and to put like a title on this message. But in the end, I just, I just said show. We we're called to show God's holy. To show God holy. That's, that's, what, that's what God has shown me through a process of things to different situations where I realized that that's our calling. That's what God always called people to do and that's why he created when, when he created Adam and Eve and when they sinned and and when he called Abraham he he called him and he wanted to separate a people that would glorify him that would be able to show to the world to the sinful people to the sinful nations around who God was his perfect holiness his love his 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 ways and in this, in this world that we live in, it was as dark as it was back then when the people of Israel, when God formed them. And though we, sometimes, we realized that we were called to glorify God, we realized that we were called to, to shine this light of God in this world and to, to show His truth, His ways. But sometimes we don't do it. And sometimes it's not like we don't do it. I think inside we want to do it. But we fail at some points. Or God tests us or puts us through tests. Because he wants to reveal certain things 
in order to purify us so we can show him who is holy. And so I want to kind of just uh, begin with, let's, let's start with um, Numbers chapter 20. Let's open, start with Moses and then um, just kind of a couple examples of, of people that knew God. And the thing is that when God opened up himself to us, it lays this responsibility on us to show God holy. Because when he shows himself to us, who he is through his word, through when we prayed and God touched us by his spirit, and we, we, we received the revelation of who God was, that God is love, that God is grace, but God is holy, God is just, and God has his purposes, then God has his, his, his commandments, and all of these things God has revealed to us, and he revealed it to us, but he, all that power and knowledge that God has given us comes with the responsibility to show to show God, to show who He is in all in His Word and, and, and what He reveals Himself to us. And so, chapter 20, verse 12. And this is this is a time when Moses was in the desert and the people of Israel were just getting, getting really, really angry at him, and they're just asking, asking him for water. And so, before that, before that, when the people of Israel didn't have water, and they were crying out to Moses countless of times before they did that and they're doing it again they're you know telling Moses we'd rather die in the desert or you're making us die in the desert we'd rather die in, in Egypt and Moses is you know distraught runs to to the tabernacle he bows before God and he's like God these people are ready to kill me they want water and so God tells him okay get up get up and speak to the rock even though before there was times where God told him to hit the rock. But here he says to speak to the rock. And Moses goes. And in his frustration. Because the people of Israel already got to him. And, and you know he was the most meekest humblest person on earth. As the Bible says. But out of frustration he did something that. He knew he shouldn't have done because he had this closeness. Before this happened, he had the most closest encounters with God than anyone on that earth, on earth at that time. Because he saw the whole glory of God, or it said the Bible, that the back of God passed through before him. He knew God so much. He knew, and interesting that when God passed, he said that I'm God that has mercy I'm God, and he, showed, he, he told him his names, who God was. And so Moses knew who God was. He had this close relationship with, with him, but yet there's this one time 
that he just didn't do exactly what God told him. Even though before, God told him and he did exactly what God told him. So he knew that when God says something, that it's perfect, it's flawless, I cannot add anything to it, I got to do what God says. And I also start thinking about Adam and Eve as well, as when God created the world and he gave them beautiful garden. And they were just in that garden. They were enjoying the presence of God. They were enjoying the beautiful creations of God. And, and they were there. And at one point, the snake comes in and just deceives Eve. And then Eve, you know, offers it to Adam. Adam says, okay. And I'm thinking, okay, God. And there's many examples in the Bible that are, that are, that where the people had this closeness to God. That God had the closest relationship with people, but yet at one point, they, they stepped aside. Somewhere they stumbled. Something happened that, that they didn't do exactly what God did. And I mean, of course, punishment followed because when you have that, that closeness, when you have that knowledge of God, there is a great responsibility and, and, and there is consequences for our stumbling. God loves, God forgives, that is true. God has grace, but God does not excuse the, he does not take away the consequences because through these consequences, God actually teaches us and changes us. And I, how I came to this word is a couple of different situations, but the most recent one where it was, I mean, it was a while ago, but I had a situation where I was in a conversation with a person that was, you know, it was kind of a religious person, but he wasn't really, wasn't really Christian, so she wasn't really saved. And I just, I had a conversation, it was kind of, I was doing things in my garage, I was not really like, you know, focused on, on God, I wasn't really walking in the spirit, and and I kept on talking, talking, and eventually the conversation ended, and I realized that when, when we were talking, I said something that did not show God holy. It did not, it, it wasn't, I, it wasn't something that I, sh- I should have said one thing, but I said the other. And right away, like split second, as soon as that came out of my mouth, I realized there's something that God just, all of a sudden I feel the Holy Spirit saying, you just did not show me holy. And from then, all of a sudden, you know, you, you realize that you just, you did something that God is not pleased with. And, and you really, and you start to examine yourself. You start to, all of a sudden, you know, like the word of God pierces your heart and you, and it opens it up and you start to see things in your heart and you realize why. And you start to ask yourself, why, why would I, you know, I know the truth. I know what, what I need to speak and what I need to do, but yet. At some point, I, I do not do them, and, or I stumble somewhere. And, and God just began to just open up certain things. But for the, what I realized that the biggest enemy that we have is what this world is pushing through. This world tells you that life is all about enjoy it relax and interesting that relax 
relax. I actually kind of, I looked up the definition of relax. And even, and when we spiritually relax, when we allow ourselves to let loose, because relax means to let loose, to, to, to slack. And God never tells us to relax. God commands us to rest, but he never commands us to relax. On the contrary, God commands us not to relax, but find rest in him. And, and I realize I'm like, God, and there's many times that when I start to examine myself and there are certain actions or words or why, why would I do that or why would I say that? Why, why wouldn't I say that at this point? When you feel like you need to speak something or you say something, but you don't do it. And you realize, God, so many times you have mercy and grace. But at one point, God still, you still suffer the consequences for your disobedience. And the thing is, when you have a relationship with God, God always speaks to you. He always, always directs you. And our on our end of the deal is to, to submit and to surrender and to obey what God says. And when we know God's word, our responsibility is to know God's word and to obey it, to, to follow it to the T. And right after this situation, I kept on kind of like praying. And I'm like, God, you know, please change me, cleanse me, you know, just... Do something inside of me that, you know, this would never, ever happen again. And, and inside, I remembered Moses. Right at, the, at this moment, I remembered Moses. And, and the thing is, inside of me, I, I had this kind of fear inside. I'm like, okay, well, Moses did this, and, and he suffered. He suffered because God said, you will not enter the promised land. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, God, God. I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like... Please have mercy. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what God will do. You know, because, I mean, I know He's loving, but I know that it, it's, it'll be just. It'll be just because I had a, a knowledge of God. I have a relationship with God. I have the responsibility to show God that, show God holy and, 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 and righteous and perfect and to speak about His ways, to show this world about who God is and who He is. And, and that whole night kind of went okay. And then right in the end, that whatever the promise that I was supposed to have, something, a blessing that I was supposed to have, it just gets snatched. Like literally, miraculously, it just gets snatched. And it hurt because I was like, mm. I'm like, God, why this? Why this? But in the end, you realize, I'm like, God, it's, you're righteous. You know what? I don't even deserve this. I probably would deserve more, you know, more than that. But I realize, God, thank you that you had mercy and that I didn't, you know, suffer more than what I had to. But it did do something in me because that, that pain and maybe that inside my heart it, it shifted something because I know that God allowed these things to happen 
in my heart because God wants us to go further. And I know that we cannot allow ourselves to relax. And as we, as, as we kind of look through a couple of examples from the Bible, so Adam and Eve, they were enjoying, they were enjoying the, the, the garden, all the blessings. They had this awesome relationship with God. And at one point, the, the snake comes in and, and they just, you know, they did not show, they did not honor God, God's word as, as, as they should have. And, and when, when God was speaking to Moses, he, he told him that you did not trust my word. You did not trust me at my word. Instead of speaking to the rock, you hid it because you did not trust my word. And, and that happens when we relax. When, when God speaks something to us, but we allow ourselves to, to slack somewhere. And... And we start to, and the things around this world, we have things that always, always affect us. So in, in the garden, the snake affected Eve. He, was, he, he started to deceive her, and she wasn't really ready to answer God or answer to, answer to the snake. And so as, as she went to Adam, and then Adam wasn't ready to react to, to the deception. And, and they both, they all fell. And the thing is, I think the, the biggest thing that even angered God is the fact that they were, even after they, they sinned, they, they started to blame. And God hates excuses. And I, as I, I was reading, and I realized that God forgives when there's repentance, but God hates when... When people sin and they, they, they find excuses, they justify w- w- the wrong that they do because no one can be justified before God. And as, as we go further with when Moses, when he was, um, after he was telling the people of Israel to go over to the land and he was saying that because of you, he was, he, inside of, Inside of his heart, he held that bitterness for the people. And he said, because of you, because of you, I, I will not enter the, the promised land. And though he knew that it was his fault, but then he, he something inside of us, it, it always tries to find a, 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 a justification. But see, it pushes God away even further when we try to find a justification. And so, as we, um, as we move forward to King Saul, I want to just bring up King Saul in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 13. And I'll read uh, chapter 13 from verse 11. Saul said, When I saw the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together, Mikmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me in Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled, and 
offered the burnt offering. And so there's a situation where King Saul, he had the Holy, he had the Spirit of God on him. He had the anointing of God on him. He prophesied. So he, yet, when the pressures came and, and he, inside his heart, he did not, he did not work on, on the fact that he needed to, to hold fast to God's word, to trust his word. And he, the, the word of God is spoken through Samuel to wait. But yeah, he, he decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And he feared people more than he feared God. And as I was examining my own heart, I realized that a lot of times we have the knowledge of God. But when we relax and we kind of grow cold, we, we, we begin to fear people more than we fear God. And we're, all of a sudden we're scared to say what we need to say. And all of a sudden we become like... We, this world affects us in a way that we become more tolerant. And, you, you know, you, you realize that you don't want to be sharp like the Word of God says to be sharp. You don't want to call black, black, and white, white. And, and you realize that because you allow your spirit to relax, you don't work on the... You don't guard your heart. You don't apply yourself constantly you start to, to kind of to, to step away and allow, allow the devil to, to, to throw a trap in front of you. And when we fall, it happens. But the biggest thing is we repent, we get up, and we keep going. And the, what I realized, is another thing is that we cannot, we cannot bring any excuses even if, if they sound so justificational. Like, the one thing is when you fall, the devil is still there to, to beat you down. To beat you down. And, and how he beats you down is, is he starts to pop up excuses in your head. And when he does that, it pushes God away even further from you. And you realize you, you, you became more further from God than you've ever been. And so why... David was after God's heart because he fell and he, he, he repented right away. Yes, he suffered consequences because there's always going to be consequences when, when you're dealing with, with, with God and you have a relationship with God. But he, he repented. He did not find or he did not look for, you know, he did not blame Bathsheba that, he was, that she was there, you know, didn't cover herself. He did not, he didn't, he, you know, we can, we can justify anything if, you know, there's a song, it's called, uh, I'm a king of excuses. I got one for every selfish thing I do. You know, and it is true. When you start to examine yourself, and if you really want to find an excuse for anything, you'll find it. And you'll justify it so good that, you know, even God himself cannot, cannot convince you that you're wrong. You know, and, and so, Saul, he started to justify himself. He did not repent. He, he was kind of like, oh, yes, I sinned. 
But it was because of this. It was because of them. They were starting to run away. There were people who were telling me, or before that, when he, uh, he went to kill the Amalekites, and he ended up not killing the king, and he got a bunch of plunder with them. And he's like, oh, the people did it. The people grabbed it. I was just like, you know, I couldn't really say anything to them. But God's word was spoken to him, and it was perfect. God's word was spoken, and he had to obey it to, to the, the last to the last period. And so, as we, as we examine our hearts tonight, and as God is examining our hearts, I wanted to just, to say that when we relax, the people in the world, the world starts to affect us. We start to stumble. And, we lose the fear of God. And the fear of God, David said it the best. He said the fear of God is to hate what is evil and to love what is good. And this is what happens. When, when we spiritually relax, we start to, we start to say that the, black, the bad things and the, the wrong things are starting to be gray. When we spiritually relax, we, the, the, even the white things, the things that are good, the things that are true, we start to say, oh, well, they're kind of gray. You know, they're, eh, that's good and that's good. And I'm, that's already like, if you go really far. But even, even in the beginning, when you start to relax, you'll feel like, like there, there's always going to be a trap. God, God is always there. He's watching. And when we relax, God allows, allows our own selves to be tempted by our own flesh. <laughs> so... Like the Bible says that God does not tempt anybody, but everyone is tempted by their own flesh. And so, and so we, as we, as we, um, as we examine our hearts, God told us to stand guard on our hearts. He said in Proverbs that. Guard more than anything else. Be on guard of your heart. Proverbs 4.23 More than anything else, we have to guard our heart. We have to, we have to stand on guard. And it means when, when a guard is standing, it, it doesn't mean that you, know, you, just, you stand for 24 hours and then you, you can relax for 24 hours. Standing on guard is, is constant. There's, there's no relaxation. A guard, a guard that is standing on guard, has he has no right to relax. He has a time to rest, and what I realize is, we have a time when we come into the presence of God, when we come, when we pray, when we read God's word, when we're in church, where we're at youth, where wherever we enter into God's presence, we have that time to rest. But all the other times. When we walk in our daily lives, when we go to school, when we're at work, when we're at home, wherever we are, we have to be walking on guard, on guard of our heart, on guard of our spirit. Because if we don't, we will stumble. We will continue to stumble. And, and the thing is that nobody, nobody likes the consequences that comes with stumbling. It's painful. When you stumble really hard and you hit your face against the ground, it, it's not pleasant, and everybody knows that. 
Even the child knows that. Isaiah knows that really well right now. No. But I realize God has so much love and mercy for us. And he opens up himself to us so that we can show him holy. And we, can, we cannot show him holy if we, if we allow ourselves to relax. We begin to, to show God in our own ways, and our own ways are sinful. And we have to show him holy because this world needs God. And if we don't show the real truth of who God is, his truth, his holiness, his righteousness, if we don't speak the words, the exact words of the Holy Spirit that God puts in our hearts, then we're powerless and we will never, we will never fulfill God's, God's will or God's command. And we will eventually, because if you don't walk with God, you will walk away from God. And I realize God is, God is so much love that he showed and he wants to show And God's love God's love is shown it shows through confronting sin. I realize, you know, the biggest thing we we're afraid of in people is we we're afraid to confront them because we who know God, who know the truth, we, we know that God hates sin. And the world and the people that, that live in this world, all the things that they do, the things that, that their desires are sinful. But there's a place in the Bible that says that perfect love casts out all fear. And so, when we stand on guard, when we, and how do we stand guard? We stand guard in, in Galatians, actually, no, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16, 18, says to rejoice and to pray constantly and to be, to be in God's word. In First Psalm, it said, the David said that to be to to be in God's to to have God's laws or God's commands before your eyes day and night to study God's word and to pray constantly. So it, it doesn't mean that we gotta just you know we walk around we close our eyes and we're always praying, but to have that condition uh, inside our spirit that is always going to be on guard, that is always in prayer. God has called us to always walk in prayer because that's what will protect our spirit from, from failing to obey God's word. That's what's going to keep us stronger to, that we will not fail or stumble somewhere along our day or whatever the test that comes. We can go through it because we walked in the spirit of God. We continue to pray. We continue to walk in God's, 
in God's presence. And so, we cannot, we cannot show God's love if we relax. That's the thing is, we cannot show who God is if we relax. We, God's real love is when we are walking in the Spirit and we are walking in God's love. And God's love will always confront. The love of this world, the deceived love of this world, it will, it will comfort, it will, it, will, it will try to look for a comfortable way. It, it tells you to, you know, I want to live a comfortable life and don't bother my life because I want to live the life that I want to live. And, it, and, and love is all about being comfortable. But God's love is about confronting sin and saving people. And so God has called us to show him holy, to confront sin, to, to gain strength in his presence, to find rest in him, not to relax. And I realized, you know, when I was kind of thinking about my own heart and I said, God, you know, why do I, you know, it, it seems like people and Christians and even me at, at one point, I was like, okay, why do I fear people more than you? Why do I want to want to please people more than you? And, and God's like, well, because your heart needs to change. You need to realize that when you fear me, you got to love what is good. And, and you, when, you, when you love what is good, you cannot stand for, for evil things and you cannot be silent because you, it, it's, it's burning inside of you and you cannot, you cannot be tolerant. See, God, God is not tolerant. God is patient. God is kind. God is love. But he's not tolerant because patience is when he waits until a person turns his heart, when he, he maybe he makes some kind of a, a situations where a person humbles and breaks down, and, and God is patient. He allows maybe for a person to stumble, but then again to get up, and he allows a person to go through a process where he, he repents and he changes, and he's patient through that process. But tolerance is, there is no process. Tolerance is, says that, I am who I am, God understands, and, you know, he's not mad at me. He's totally cool with how I want to live. It basically says that I can be sinful and God will receive me, and that's a lie. That's a lie from the devil because God cannot stand in, in a place where there's sin. He destroys it. He annihilates sin. And so... As we test and we just examine our hearts, I wanted to just pray and ask God to help us to show Him holy in our everyday walk and in every situation that God would give us the grace to, to walk on guard always, to not allow, allow the, the temptations to make us stumble, to pray that God would would show us, would show us how we can 
the things that we need to change in our lives, the things that we need to get rid of that, that, that are relaxing us, the things that we need to shift in our lives that would not allow us to relax or that, w- that, that makes us relax, and the things that we need to cut off in our lives so that we can walk in, in the Spirit of God, that we can walk in, in holiness and be always on guard of our own heart, of our spirit. Um, if we could get up and just ask God and just to pray. God, we worship you, God. We thank you. We thank you for your word, God. We.